The difficulty of getting six of six golfers through to Saturday in a normal tournament is challenging. This pixie, this monster, the elusive leprechaun at the end of the rainbow is the WGC Dell Technology match play. This is a beast of a fantasy challenge, and the cut line is going to get you there. This week, we have the match play, and we are excited. We're going to do the best we can to get you to bring the rockets and roll in some real green on Sunday. We promise to do the best and have the best rosters full of less strokes, no putting from the rough, and plenty of cocktails at the 19th hole as you celebrate your win. And you might hear some rapping or tapping at someone's back door. But first thing I want to do is thank Moose and Fantasy National for all the hard work they do for the PGA DFS. If you're not utilizing Fantasy National, you're behind the eight ball. Fantasy National allows you to sort stats, customize models, and build better lineups. Make sure that you become a, manor, ma a member at Fantasy National today. I am Michael Cavalunas at Lunas on Twitter, host of The Cut Line. And once again, with my man, Zach Manafort, a.k.a. Kenny Rogers the Gambler, a.k.a. Mr. Vegas, a.k.a. The Mad Money, A.K.A. I called the Louis Oostuzin. You can find Zach at Twitter at EaglesFan83. Zach, how you doing? Well, you know, I can, I can say I'm doing great after the Louis Oostuzin call coming in up there at the top of the leaderboard last week. But I swung and missed on our boy Webby Simpson and Patrick Reed, which really basically put me in a little bit of a hole last week. If it wasn't for the old Straka first-round leader, it would have been quite the loss. So hopefully – this week and end up on a little better note and we'll see some some good picks all the way to the champions and and have some more money and rate all the way around how to so, how we get the valspar go you know i had a lot of five of five and it worked out okay what what hurt was my cash line it was abysmal it truly was i only had four or six there um looking forward you know i i feel it's coming on you know I, i'm i'm in perfect form right now that's that's how i feel i'm I'm looking forward to the masters it's so far away but it's so close and i really just want to keep the ball rolling and, and keep making money each week but we'll see how it goes um hopefully this week a tad bit better and we do have two tournaments but we're going to focus on uh the match play this week so we can't live in the past it's time to live in the present this week we got the wgc dell technologies match play at austin country club in the wonderful city of Austin in Texas. It's always bigger and better in Texas. The tournament opens up with 16 groups, each composed of four, four golfers competing in three days of match play in a round-robin style tournament. Afterwards, the winners of each group will advance to the Sweet 16, where each golfer will then face elimination play. Austin Country Club looks intimidating. What challenges do the golfers have in front of them this week, Zach? Oh boy, Austin Country Club, another one of those par 71s, about a little bit shorter than we saw last week at Valspar, coming in at about 7,108 yards, which is about 232 yards shorter than we saw last week, so we'll expect to see a lot more short wedge play, another Pete Dye course, which is another second shot course, which you can be successful on, gripping and ripping, uh, which we've seen with DJ and some of these other past winners being able to overpower the course, but in general... Uh, you're going to see a lot of these challenging second shots coming from short approaches and around the green. Uh, so what we're really looking at here uh, is fast firm Bermuda greens, which are going to challenge some of these golfers to make sure their irons are dialed in, which we saw Patrick Reed was not last week. Uh, so hopefully uh, we'll see a, a bit different uh, leaderboard at the end of the day. So what I'm looking at here is we got about four uh, par threes are some of the hardest on course. Uh, three of the, the three par fives here between 570 and 600, uh, which doesn't really make a difference here because you're not really trying for eagles. You're just trying to make sure you score at least one better stroke than your opponent. So really looking at birdies are better here on these par fives and then trying to manage the par fours where if you can make par, you're probably okay. And if you can uh, excel on the, the birdie attempts on the par fours, you're probably going to win your match. Uh, coming up, uh, what I'm looking at here on some of the key stats for the par fours is if you're a bomber, you're probably coming in and approach at about 88 yards on average based on the last couple of years results. And then some of the shorter hitters, uh, if you're driving around like 275 to 290, you're probably looking at about 109 to 125 yards on your second shot on these two par fours. So that's something that we should probably really key in on as we start looking at some of these stats and matchups is if you're a bomber looking at anything under 100 for your approach shots. And then if you're a shorter hitter, you kind of want to filter into some of that 100, 125 yards. Uh, that'll really be key to make sure your guys are dialed in with their irons. 
Yeah, you know, as as most people know, I run two models here in my analysis of every PGA matchup. In my main one that I created, I have strokes gained approach, green and regulation percentage, better better, better scrambling, bogey avoidance, and then on Fantasy National, I have some secret sauce there. What do you what are you specifically looking at this week in your models? Uh, I'm really keen in on approach. I, I have that weighted pretty heavily. Almost 30% of my model is, is geared towards the approach. Um, depending on the hitters, I do have it filtered between 75 and 100 yards and 100 and 125 yards, depending on um, their hitting style. And then I'm weighting heavily bogey avoidance and uh, taking a look at putting uh, from 10 to 15 feet because I think guys that are trending upwards, although it's a stat that you know, you can't really nail down, but if it's trending upwards and a guy's putting well, uh, he heats up. It's going to end up you can easily win your match. Yeah, that, that's some good analysis there. We're going to break down each group this week, and we're going to pick our winners of each group, and hopefully, maybe kind of have an alternate if we have to do some roster construction, some unique roster construction this week in DK. And we are, of course, going to start with Group One. Group One consists of. One Dustin Johnson at eleven four, Hideki Matsuyama at eight two, Brandon Grace at seventy four hundred, and Ches Revy at sixty seven hundred. I think everyone knows where I'm going right now. I'm going straight to DJ. He ranks so high in my model, not the best, but he just ranks so high. He's had success here in the past. He's a great match play golfer. Looking at his numbers, Dustin is. Is just elite. It's elite, especially compared to all of the PGA. He ranks seventh in approach, thirtieth in green, uh, greens and regulation, 39th in birdie or better, twenty eighth in scrambling. I love Dustin Johnson here. Now, if I am going to pivot, I'm going to go to Matsuyama, who I think could easily, easily win this bracket, and he's most definitely a pivot in terms of ownership. Who you got? I got a flip flop. I'm really looking at Matsuyama here over DJ. I think it's an upset. Uh, I have him ranked a little bit higher in scrambling approach. And I think what's key here is he's actually been pretty good putting on Bermuda. Uh, he's ranked number five on, on bogey avoidance. And I think uh, if Dustin struggles here scrambling and some of his approach shots, I think Matsuyama can put himself in a position where he can advance out of here pretty easy. Uh, I, I have the same two out of this group. I don't think Grace or Revy can break through this stage, but it's either going to be Matsuyama or Johnson for me. Excellent. All right, looking at group two. Group two consists of Justin Rose at 10,000, Gary Woodland at 7,800, Grillo at 6,900, and Pepperell at 6,900. Who you got? Well, this is a tough one for me. I'm, I'm between Woodland and Rose here. I think Woodland has the, the ability uh, to make it out of this bracket and really push himself all the way to the finals. He's been in good form. He's a number seven for me on birdie or better. Uh, he's doing great on the par fives, which I think he can take advantage of and really distance himself. Uh, from Rose, uh, but I think Rose is a real close second here. He he also ranks well on par five. Uh, he's great, birdie or better. He struggles on bogey avoidance, so if his putter does not work for him in the first round, I think I think Woodland capitalizes. So I'm going Woodland Rose here, and I think in this this pod here between this one and uh, I think they pair up with number the group 15. Uh, I think whoever wins this one has has a good shot to make it pretty pretty deep in the championship. How about you? Who you got? I'm going to go with Gary Woodland as my number one pick. Look, you know, Strauss gained T to green in the last 50 rounds. He ranks 21st. You know, that's impressive. That, that's something you need, especially in match play. But if I'm going to go to a pivot, because I, I need to open up salary elsewhere for other guys that I like in this field, I'm going to go to Grillo. And not conventional by any means. You know, not not the greatest player, but an awful putter. But if that putter gets hot... I could see him sneaking through this round. Uh, Justin Rose just has a terrible match play record. That's just why I want to fade him. I, I'm not looking forward to Justin Rose's record. Now, Woodland isn't isn't impressive. He's 8-6-1 when it comes down to it. But, you know, Justin Rose at 10-11-1, that many opportunities when you're that good, there's some question marks there that I just don't really want to tackle. No, you're right. I think you're absolutely right. I think Woodland here is is – the better play. I think Rose, his history on uh, some of these courses and, and just his status on, on the World Golf Championships makes him probably a higher own percentage, but I think Woodland's a great a great play here. Could, could, we, could we play Eddie? You think we could play Eddie? You think he's an option? Uh, or are you just, is it just no dice? I don't want any piece of him. I mean, 
he only averages 61 DraftKings points. He it's it's far below the other three. You know, in terms of points to the field, he's at a negative compared to the other three. He's not a scorer. What what do you think? Is there anything that gets you into Pepperell? No, I, I have no Pepperell. I, I have a little bit of Grillo, but I, I would never. I don't think I'm gonna have any any Pepperell this week. All right, let's hope we're both right because I'm not gonna have. <laughs> Any, any piece of him either. But I, I was just curious. You know, you never know with you. you. You always find those diamonds in the rough. So on a group three, group three is Brooks Kepka at 10,300, Norin at 7,000, Hautong Lee at 6,800, and Tom Lewis at 6,000, 6,000, the lowest priced golfer in the field. I'm going Kepka. I don't see how you pick anyone else. Even pivoting to Norin doesn't make sense. I like Kepka here. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's Kepka clearing away here. Noren's got the history here, doing well in the last two years, but I think Kepka's clearly the better choice on this. Noren does have that history, but do, do you do you really want to pivot from Kepka? Do you want no. to? No, not here. If I'm even picking anyone in this bracket, it, it's Brooks. I don't think I'm going to roster him though. No, that, I won't either. I can see the appeal, but I just don't. I'm not. I have no part of him. I mean, we're we're looking at uber chalk, right? I mean, a plus twenty percent, easily. Oh, for sure, without a doubt. Especially on this side of the bracket. I mean, you're not looking at a hard path for at least the first round or two. You know, speaking of this tournament specifically, I don't know who it was on Twitter. It was just one of those random kind of pop ups that said they love this way to watch golf and they wish they did this more. And I, I'm kind of. Doing my research and, and kind of forgetting it from last year, I actually love it, especially with the tournament, the NCAA tournament going around. You know, I'm excited for this week. Um, yeah, I, I'm filling out another bracket, which is great, and I'm going to end up filling out five more for the for <laughs> PGA, needless to say, but it's a lot yep. of fun. I, I, I'm really having a good time with this match play, you know, regardless of what happens on DraftKings. But it, it is a unique way to keep the sport invigorated, um, energized and and I really appreciate it that WGC does this and they and they have this kind of match play style. Yeah, I'm with you. This is great. I I've really forgot about last year and, and how and how much fun this was and it just really slipped my mind until it came up this week and I was like, oh wow, this is actually a good time putting these together and it's a different way to really break down the stats because you can't take a look at it as a as a field strength. You really got to look and dig into each one and then as the bracket gets smaller, who what strengths and what weaknesses will will match up well as the bracket progresses, and it's just been it's been really great. Uh, as far as uh, from what I remember last year, it was a little painful to watch some of the slow play. So as long as guys like Cantlay don't make it very far, it might actually be entertaining. Well, let's hope so. All right, moving on to Group Four: Rory McIlroy, eleven thousand seven hundred; Matthew Fitzpatrick, seven thousand seven hundred; Luke List at sixty eight hundred. And Justin Harding at sixty two hundred. I think we're both going to agree on this one. But who are you looking at? Uh, for me, it's Rory. I don't think you can get away from him. He's top ten, top five, and birdie or better. He's top he's five the hottest golf. He, I mean, he's the hottest golfer in golf. You can't stop yeah. him. My, my only my only pivot here, if you're going to get crazy, and, and it's a good salary saver too, is Luke List. I think you can easily challenge him on the par fives and the and around the greens. He, he's great. Uh, he's been great at birdie or better and scrambling. Uh, if anyone can beat him, it's, it's going to be Luke List. And those are my only two out of group four. Yeah, Rory, 24-11-2 in match play. Uh, List, though, 0-3-0. Not a lot of experience, but not a positive record at all. Um, so that is something that is, you know, you got to really consider this group four. I mean, it's Rory or you're just playing a long shot. And if you pick it right, though, just think of the leverage, though, to the field. That's insane. Exactly. I mean, yeah, Rory's coming in probably the highest on golfer this week for sure. You know, the other thing we also have to consider with this group is that it's not like these guys are just playing Rory every day, right? So you know, Rory could easily go through, but if he comes out cold one day, you know, that is an option to consider. Now, now I would take weather into account. You know, I haven't researched the weather yet. Where, where are you at on that? Uh, so weather from what I looked at this evening, it was looking like it was going to be about 10 mile an hour winds Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. It drifts up to about 14, about 68 degrees, cloudy. Uh, you're really not going to see any issues till Saturday, and we're supposed to use scattered thunderstorms and maybe some Sunday showers. So 
on this particular group first round shouldn't see much impact at all um, with maybe a little bit of uptake and wins but uh, all these guys uh, should be about the same I mean, no one's going to face adverse conditions the only thing I worry about is, you know, the Masters is around the corner, and what has Rory said about Augusta? You know, it's the only one that matters. He could come out flat and go home and prepare. That's the only concern I have with Rory. That That's honestly it. Because yeah, there's no reason he should not win this group. Yeah, it's totally valid concern about these guys. If they're doing well, or they just, or they're not doing well, or they just concede and pack it up and get to early practice. It's, it's a good point and something to keep in mind. All right, on to Group 5. Group 5 is Justin Thomas at 11,000, Keegan Bradley at 7,200, Matt Wallace at 7,100, and Bergegaard at 6,200. Uh, who you got? I'm going Justin Thomas here. I'll stick with the chalk and eat it mostly. Uh, I think he's got the he's been on point this year. Uh, he's doing great in birdies, around the green, and proximity. I mean, his stats are lining up well in 2019. Uh, my pivot here, if anything, is definitely a beer guard. I think Keegan Bradley can't win a match play to save his life. Uh, I think the last and only one he ever won was back in 2012. Uh, so I have no confidence in him. And Matt Wallace, I think it's just – while he's still a good golfer, I, I just don't – I think he's overmatched here with, with Thomas and Beauregard. Uh, you unless know, you Beauregard, think uh, old Keegan Be- can pull it off. This is a weird group. Beauregard and Wallace have no experience in match play. Thomas yeah. is six and seven, and Bradley is abysmal. <laughs> this this is this is that group that I had just was spinning my mind. Now now one thing I want to point out is that Justin Thomas, in terms of qualified PJ stats, top ten in these three categories: strokes gains approach, greens and regulation percentage, and overall birdie or better. Top thirty in bogey avoidance. Of the three other golfers, no one can touch those stats. No one can touch those stats. But, you know, you really, really have to question this group based on match play history, which is a different beast, a different animal. You're considering the fact that you look at recent form. Thomas is 7-7 in recent cuts. Bradley's 8-9. Wallace is 4-4. And Beauregard is 3 of three so these guys are playing pretty well right now and trying to find an edge other than a name is for me right now very difficult with this group yeah you're you're absolutely right the only weakness i see in in thomas's game has been his putting the last couple of events uh he's lost strokes uh where was he at at the players he lost strokes at honda he lost strokes at wgc mexico uh, if his putter struggles and Beauregard, who has been trending upward on his putting, uh, he gained six and a half strokes on the field at the Flares and then almost two strokes at Honda before that. So I think, you know, if Beauregard's putter stays hot and Thomas struggles there, uh, there's there's a possibility for an upset. But I think well, far and away, obviously, Thomas is the, the by and large the better player here. Thomas is the huge favorite, and I actually think this is like my number one fade. I'm going to fade Justin Thomas. I'm going with Lucas all the way. 6,200, he saves salary. You're looking at at sub-5% ownership. Leverage to the field. You get him to the Sweet 16, and you're cashing in GPP. And that's what it is about this week. Like, the likelihood that you get the winner is so tough. You know, almost like the lottery. But you want to get as many guys through to that next round and keep them moving forward. If you get Beauregard as a salary saver, that's 6,200. It lets you pay up for other guys that you are really confident in at I love him. I do. I really love him. My yeah, man I'm from Denmark. I'm on board. I'm on board with Barry Yard for sure. I'm right there with you. My only concern is who he runs into off, off the next group of Gay, Mickelson, Stenson, and Furyk. Uh, I think he can easily upset Thomas here, and I think it's, a, as you said, a great leverage play. Uh, my concern is that's where it ends when he meets the next the next one. Oh, can't wait till he runs into the, the belly of the beast. All right, going on to group <laughs> six. We got DeChambeau, the mad scientist, at 9,500. Mark Leishman at 8,800. We got Russell Knox at 6,600. Who did I forget? Who am I missing? Effie Barnrat. Effie Barnat at 6,700. That's right. Uh, group six, Effie Barnat, Knox, Leishman. Here are my two, and it was another tough call. 
but it was between Leishman and Knox. And my favorite play is Knox. The guy's had great form recently. He's been insanely good, okay? I know a lot of people are going to go Knox, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with eating the chalk right here. Uh, I think your pivot, though, is Leishman in this group. But I like Knox. I think Knox is a solid play. He's been playing very well recently. You look at some uh, some important stats. Strokes in the porch. Approach. He's 14th on Fantasy National. Uh, let me pull him up here. We're looking at he's my 20th ranked in my model. 13th off the tee in the last 50 rounds. He's 19th in opportunities gained. And 20th in bogey avoidance. I love Knox at this price, 6,600. Where are you at? I'm gonna. It's interesting you say he's 20th in your model because 20th in my model comes up with the guy that I am heavy on and only guy in Group Six I'm going with, Mad Scientist Bryson DeChambeau. I have to pick him here. Uh, he's to me he's ranked out of the last. What am I doing? 36 rounds uh, on putting. He's number one from 10 to 15 feet, and I think that's going to be key throughout the whole tournament. Is whose putter is trending upwards? Who's hitting those 10, 15, 20 foot putts that are putting the dagger in people's backs and really just ending their rounds? Uh, he hits 25, 25th overall for bogey avoidance for me. So he's when he's missing, he's not missing by much. Uh, and his approach game's on point where he's not, he ranks out as 18. Uh, I, I can see the appeal for the other three guys, and all of them have had some varying success here uh, in the past. But I know it's his first start, but I think Bryson here is is going to really pick his way through this this group six and then really push into the into at least the elite eight. I, I have him potentially going all the way. Uh, depending on how the brackets shape up, uh, I think a first-time winner here is possible. And I think if anyone can do it, they'll figure out a way to make the calculations work. DeChambeau has never, ever been involved in match play in the PGA tournament. So that's something to consider. It's going to be making his first match play start, you know. It, it, nothing bothers you about that? Nope. I think uh, I think it'd be really interesting to see. And I think if he makes it out of the of this first round... Uh, and ends up paired up with uh, him and Brooks Kepka, who have a uh, interesting uh, love-hate relationship. I think that would be a great uh, match to watch and get inside Kepka's head. And he wins that round, and he pushes into the and even further. And I think he's got a path to get all the way on from where he's set up in the bracket. I think he's got a great way uh, to become the first champion on a first-time match play. Well, now Barnrad is six and three. Leishman's five, eight, and two, while Knox is two, three, and one. You know, if we are going to look at past history of match play, not 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 a reliable sample size by any means, but Evie Barnrat in terms of match play is the best option available. Do you got any any desire to play Afi this weekend? I don't, and and the reason I don't is he struggles on the uh, he struggles on putting this in the last couple of rounds. I mean, he's ranked out uh, almost 60th in bogey avoidance. He's only 48th, and birdies are better gain for me. Uh, he has issues scrambling, which could be an issue if he hits some of these deep uh, bunkers around the green. Uh, the only thing that he's been good at from my model is 10 to 15 foot putts, and it looks like he has a struggle to get into that into that range. So I've got no Effie Barner out. I get his salary at 6,700. Uh, he's got decent uh, match play history here, but in Group Six, I'm taking this. I got to take a stand somewhere, and I'm taking it on Bryson. Uh, I think he makes it pretty far, if not wins the whole thing. Now, if you look at the last 12 rounds, Effie's been awful. You know, he, he ranks 59th in my model. He's awful off the tee. He's awful in approach at 59th. You look at DeChambeau, and DeChambeau ranks 8th in my model if you look at the last 12 rounds. You know, he, he's 7th in approach and 34th in birdie or better gained, 23rd in scrambling, all key stats. I will say this about DeChambeau. He's inspired me to keep the pin in when I go golfing because I am such an awful putter, and I know I'm going to get ridiculed by all my boys I golf with, and, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. And, like, I mean, there's some brutal stories. I'm talking about, like, putting for birdie six feet away, and I six-putt because I'm terrible at putting. <laughs> but, you know, uh, you know, DeChambeau's weird mental math, and I'm a big loving of math, and, and math is incredible, whatever, blah, 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 not to get all nerdy here, but uh, I'll let you know how it works out once this weather in Chicago warms up. But let's move on. You know, we're going to go on to group seven here. Group seven, we got Francisco Molinari at nine thousand three hundred. My guy, Webb Simpson eighty three hundred, Olison at sixty five hundred, 
encode Daira at 6,000. I just butchered his name. Go ahead. Who you got? Man, I just, I just really hate this group. I was, I was watching it when it was drawn live, and I just really didn't want to see Simpson and Molinari in the same group because I, I was high on both of them uh, beforehand when I was just looking at stats for the course yesterday. Uh, I just can't I, – I, I love hate with Webb Simpson. I got him right two weeks ago. I was all over him last week, and he just completely let me down. Uh, but I think this week he bounces back strong. Uh, I really think he can win this group. On my model for the last 36 rounds, he's ranked out number three. Uh, he's crushing every category that I put a heavy weight on. He's number two in scrambling, one around the green, uh, two in proximity, three in bogey avoidance, seven on putting from 10 to 15 feet. Uh, abysmal last week, sure, uh, but I think here he easily breaks. He easily beats Olsen and Kadira. Uh, I think it'll be between Molinari and Simpson, and I'm, and I'm riding Simpson all the way. Uh, I have Simpson winning uh, the bracket at, l- at least in three of the four uh, lineups that I've built so far. I'm taking another stand on him. If I go down with the ship, so be it. Um, but that's who I'm taking a stand on this week. Uh, I feel like you're going to lean towards the Molinari train here. I am going to lean towards Molinari. I mean, the guy's got a hot putter. We've seen Molinari with a hot putter before. The guy rides it for weeks on, and it's insane how good he is with that putter. Plus, he ranks fifth in my model. He's second in stroke gains approach, third in strokes gain tee to green. You know, this is the type of course where you really want to evaluate that tee to green stat in my opinion. And being third out of this field, that's key for me. Now, if I am going to pivot, if I am going to pivot, which I will consider when doing my builds, I will go to Olison. That's where I will jump down to. I won't go to Webby. And I know you love Webby. I get it. But Olison here, it, it, there's, there's a little bit intriguing. Now, in his last 12 rounds, it's not that great. It really isn't. You look at him, he, he, he ranks at the near the bottom of my model and i know we like to consider recent form and everything like that but when we expand it to 50 rounds we kind of look at like a bigger view and aspect of the golfers that we're looking for he kind of pops and you just kind of want to look at guys that are are, are going to be able to give you you know an advantage and he's 29th in stroke gains approach he's 38th in opportunities gained and i know that's kind of middle of the pack but he's only 6500 i He's someone I may want to build with. Yeah, totally see the appeal here. And, and I can see the salary savings. You can't roster all the top guys in every group, or you're, you just, you're never going to get there. Uh, I just have different guys in the 6K range that I'm looking at in different brackets. Uh, I see the appeal, uh, but I'm riding heavy on, on Simpson this whole this whole week. We'll see how it works out. I uh, hope I'm right. hope you're wrong on this one, but... Uh, uh, I'll be riding Simpson. Thanks. Appreciate that, buddy. All right. John Rahm, 10,600. Kucher, 8,100. JB Holmes, 7,100. And Siwoo Kim at 6,500. Group 8. This was a group tough eight. one. I just They're don't really like good. this group at all. Uh, I don't like anything about it. If I'm going anyone here, for me, it's Kucher or Kim. Uh, I see yeah, Rahm's just one of those guys I'm fading at the top this week. Uh, I've seen him mentioned a couple times as a favorite. I just like Kucher. He's got great match play history here. He's in decent form. And then as a salary saver, uh, I'm looking at Cam. I mean, he can always surprise. Uh, his putting in around the green has been has been top five, top ten in the last 32 rounds. Uh, he struggles with some bogey avoidance, which kind of concerns me. But for 6,500, you got to take one, one, two, or three of these guys throughout the tournament. Uh, Kim in this group is one that I think I'm gonna I'm gonna be heavy on, just because I just don't want any any bit of rom here. Uh, Although I feel like you're going to pick Rom because this group is kind of rough. You know, actually, I'm going to take Kucher. And the reason I'm going to take Kucher here is because of that record in match play, a 24-9-3. You know, everyone else in this bracket has, or this group, I'm sorry, has a losing record. I get the play for Rom. The guy's been on fire lately. I could see Holmes, and I can even see an argument for Siwoo Kim. But Kucher is just elite, and... Every time I want to fade him, it bites me in the ass. But, I mean, let's be realistic. Ninth in approach overall. or First in greens and regulation percentage. 18th in birdie or better. Fifth in driving accuracy. You want me to keep going? I'll keep going. All right. 27th in scrambling. Third in bogey avoidance. And in my homemade model, number one. How many qualified stats? Six of six the guy is insane for this group i don't see why you pivot away from him if i'm gonna go anywhere which i'm not but if i am gonna go anywhere i'm gonna go down to Holmes. 
Uh, it's just a personal bias against John Rom, and you know I'm okay with that. Regardless, it's Cooch all the way in this group. Yeah, I get it. He's only 8102. I just wonder what his ownership's going to be. He's one of those mid-range guys that probably grades out the best for most people looking at uh, into stats this deep. And anyone who's pivoting off a of Rom, I think, is going to go to Cooch. So that's my only concern there is is ownership. Uh, but I'm not sure how much that plays into this style of uh, brackets, really. I don't know if you need to find that sub-3% guy to really set you apart when you when the goal should just be to get as many guys through as possible. So to me, you may be on the right track here with Cooch, and I think I may have to reevaluate because he does grade out just simply off the charts. And I don't want any ROM either, so I might have to join you on some of that ownership. All right, on to Group 9, Xander Schauffele at 9,400. Hatton at 7,600, RCB 7,500, and Lee Westwood 6,600. I'll start. You know, I'll start. And I'm going to go with my man from Spain, RCB. I love RCB right now. He ranks 17th overall in my homemade model. On Fantasy National, we are looking at a guy who ranks. Let me pull it up. If I can find him. 43rd so completely opposite directions and i'm okay with that and i knew this was going into it but the thing that i like most about him is his birdie or better gained at 29th and his opportunity gained at 33rd and plus his putting at fourth over the last 50 rounds so it's something to consider i i think this was an easy pick here for me with rcb i think he's got the best chance at winning here Overall, you look at his record in this grouping, and he's 9-6-1. Everyone in this group has a, a winning record, except for Lee Westwood, who's 17-9. But the experience also is a factor. RCB 9-6-1, while Xander's 2-1, and, and Terrell Hatton is 4-3. and three. Who are you looking at? I'm on Xander this week. Uh, I think he's in great form. He ranks out incredibly high for me number 12 in my model overall Uh, his real strengths are his around the green skills scrambling approach and birdie or better Uh, he's going to have trouble at rcb for sure Uh, xander did pretty well last uh, on his last start after winning the first two rounds Uh, his performance been pretty good he missed the cut of the players but he was still gaining strokes tee to green and off the tee Uh, he just struggled on his putting for that one that one tournament before that uh, he was on fire getting strokes on the field and putting um, since back in November. Uh, so I really think Xander comes out firing here, and, and we see a pretty strong sprung showing from him. Uh, it'll be between him and Xander for sure, uh, but I think I think Xander edges him out. He just grades so poorly even in the last 24 rounds. 54th in my model on Fantasy National, and and nothing pops for him. Nothing pops for him. That's it just It's so uninspiring at 9,400 to roster Xander. Uh, I get what you're saying about, you know, Xander being an option here. It's just, he has just been playing so bad. He's not been, no way, no way. Last couple of, with the exception of the players where he struggled. I mean, he's 14th in WCG Mexico, 15th at the Genesis. Um, totally I different mean, yeah. grass. Totally different grass. Yeah. I'm not buying it. I am not buying it. I'm not buying it on POA. No way, no, no. how. We're talking about it's Bermuda. It's Bermuda. Bermuda. We're on Bermuda now. Exactly. He grades out better on Bermuda. Oh, I, I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. He's, this, my, my model is based off of Bermuda. And he's that been back. Mine. Uh, <laughs> I'm telling you. This you is your model's a... flawed. You have something in there. Oh, side bet. Side bet. Fine. <laughs> Off Xander the pod. Out of this group. <laughs> Jerk. Yeah. Uh, I love that. All right. On a group 10. On a group 10. Group 10 is Paul Casey at 9,100. Cam Smith at 7,900. Charles Howell the third, 7,400. And Abraham Answer at 6,400. Who are you looking at? I got Paul Casey out of this group. Agree. He's just Agreed. on fire. I, I, I don't see any reason to go anywhere else here. He, I, the only other one that I can see if I'm going to pivot in large GPPs is, would be Charles Howell. But other than, I don't think I'm going to go there much if at all. I'm on Casey. I've heard a lot of touts going Chucky three sticks as the, as the chalk. I don't know if you've been hearing it. the same thing. but like, And I see it, too. I mean, the guy has been insanely good. But 
I'm not going to buy it. I'm going to go Paul Casey here. Yeah, I, I can't see a reason not to. And he's not even priced as as high as the real studs in this group. I mean, 9100 sure, okay, I'll pay that all day. You can still make a great lineup there without having to dip down really I mean, far. My key stat for match play here for, for Casey, 25-14-1. No one in this group comes close. Answer's never had an opportunity. He's 0-0. Three sticks, 10-11. Yeah. So he's sub-500. And Cam Smith is 3-1-1. He was a quarterfinalist last year, though, Cam Smith. So that's something to consider. Yeah, I mean, it is. But, I mean, Casey's coming in with all that confidence of a win. He's, he's been playing good. I mean, confidence in mental games and match play that can go on for holes after holes after holes has got to be an, an ungradable attribute here that's just going to – Casey's got the ability. I just can't – I'm not going anywhere else. Him winning last year doesn't bother you at all, or last week doesn't bother you at all. No, I think it's just an opportunity for him to come out and show that he's still on that path to success. And if he's really looking at the Masters, is this is he can't really lay off here. I mean, I think he comes in and just—I don't see a way he loses this group. Group ten. I mean, maybe he doesn't make it all the way, but his confidence, his form, everything about him is in, has been in great shape. I, there's not a stat that I'm looking at this week heavy that he ranks outside of the top twenty. Yeah, Paul Casey overall green and regulation percentage twenty first, drive accuracy seventh, which I think is might be an overlooked stat here, because you do have to be somewhat accurate off the tee unless you're like a big long bomber. So it's something to consider. Um, all right, moving on to Group Eleven. Group Eleven, we are looking at Tommy Fleetwood at ninety six hundred. Louis, your boy at seventy five hundred. Hunt on at 6,300, and Kyle Stanley at 6,100. I know who you don't have. <laughs> the death train? I know I know you don't have our favorite Korean, and I know you don't have our low-priced boy from the U.S., so which man from England or which man from South Africa are you taking here? You got me wrong. I got I, You got me right on Louis. I got Louis winning Group 11, but I do have a significant amount of – Mr. Hunan, uh, he grades out great for me here. His approach game's on point. His proximity game's on point. Uh, he's average on over 22nd in bogey avoidance. Uh, he's got the history here. Uh, did pretty well in 2016, but ended up having to withdraw. Uh, I think Louie can win this, and that's my, my primary, but I'm, I'm really looking hard at Young Hunan as a, as a secondary option here. You know, I think they're probably under the same. Young Hunan ranks 34th in my model. And I like that. I, I will roster him at 6,300. I will have him in some of my lineups, especially when we're, we're looking at Stars and Scrubs. Anything can happen. I want to say Stars and Scrubs, but that's not even the right term. You know, you're, you're kind of looking at guys you think you can advance and move forward and help you score. That's kind of what you're looking for. Because if you get six of six out of those, out of those groups and, and get him, you know, a chance to sniff at the title, you know, you're looking at, at like big time GPP wins there. Um, going to Louie. In the last 24 rounds, he ranks 50th in my model on Fantasy National. So that is a little bit concerning. But, of course, we got the homegrown bad boy. And on that one, Louis is pretty high. And I tend to trust and utilize that one a little bit more. He's ranked 21st on that model. I like Louis here, too. Tommy Fleetwood feels like a trap. It, that name yep. also just screams ownership here. Yep. You know, it's yeah, the hair, it was, right? Yeah. It's got to be the hair. Oh, yeah, it's got to be the hair. <laughs> like, yeah. like, God, I wish I had that mane. But anyways, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's the, it screams ownership. And I, I know we're not trying to leverage off chalk here, but Louis the play, On's the pivot. I, I do like this round, though. Like, if neither one of those two get through, whoever does get through has a really good shot. Yeah, no, I'm with you. This, is, this whole side of this bracket is where... It seems like it's pretty weak, uh, the first grouping, and if you can get through that, it, there's a good chance that you're you're going to push through pretty far. Um, I, I like on I like and I like Louis here. Uh, I especially like that on faces Stanley on Friday, uh, which sets up good for him to really have a good solid win. If there was a tiebreaker, I think on's got, got the win here. Uh, but we'll see. I'm heavy on Louis, and I got secondary on on, but you can go either way. All right, all right. Moving on to group 12. Just when you think it couldn't get any more difficult, any more harder than DFS golf 
is you get Jason Day at 9,800, Phil Mickelson at 8,000, Stenson at 7,600, and Jim Furyk at 7,200. I hate it. I hate this group all together. I I mean, I love every player. I just hate the group. I hate it, and I love it. And I'll go first. I'll go first. You already know where I'm going. I'm going to my lefty. I'm going to Phil. I love the scoring here. You know, part of it is because I want him to play Tiger again. (laughs) You know, that's probably the main driving force because you know that there is so much shit talking in this match play and side bets and it's endless. And then the cameras aren't going to pick it up. The audio is not going to pick it up. And I would love to see Phil and Tiger go at it again. And maybe it's unreasonable from a DFS purposes to roster Phil because of that reason, because of that desire. And it might be stupid, but you know what? Hey, it's not a big deal. I like Phil here. 11th overall and birdie or better. 40th and bogey avoidance. You know, those are, those are key stats that, that I like to see. If you look at my model on fantasy national, he's 15th overall, but birdie or better opportunities gained number one over the last 24 rounds. I love it. I love Phil. The short game. Who you got? This was a tough one. I spent a lot of time on Fantasy National and on all sorts of different uh, breakdowns and histories and and looking at all these guys' match play. Uh, here's my concern with Group 12. Jim Furyk has been playing the last three weeks straight. He's done ex- excellent the last two. He, he says he's in the best health ever. He's playing the best golf ever, but he's also on his third week straight where he's going to play – uh, potentially multiple matches a day. I just don't think his body can hold up to this one. Uh, I, I think he starts to fade uh, as the days go on. So as much as I had Jim Furyk early in my model, I just, I've come off of them altogether. Same goes with Jason Day. He's always an injury concern with some ridiculous reason or another. Uh, I'm not having any day. So for me, it was between Mickelson and Stenson. Uh, and when I looked at the rankings, I've got him ranked four for Stenson and five for Mickelson. So it's really a toss up for me. Uh, I ended up edging with Stenson here uh, just based on his birdie or better approach game over the last 36. He's number one for me and number five on bogey avoidance. Uh, The only other thing I'll say is looking at this course, I've heard and I've seen some of the pictures on some of these fairways. It sets up well um, uh, for Phil and his play style. So I think you can't go wrong with Phil or Stenson, either one. And if if anyone tells you they know who's going to win this group, it's impossible. These guys are neck and neck. Uh, it's going to be close. You got to take a stand somewhere. Uh, and I think here I'm going to have a little bit more Stenson than Mickelson, uh, but it, it's any man's game at this point. You know what concerns me most about Jason Day is his approach game. And I really think you have to have a, an average to above average approach game for this course to be successful. And especially in match play, I, I don't think he's going to have the success that we're looking for. And that's why I like Phil so much is because it's such a pivot. Stenson, on the other hand, you know, he does fit that mold. Um, he does rank third overall in approach, and I like that. I will have pieces of Stenson. I, I, I love Henrik Stenson. He's one of my favorite golfers. You know, there's no way I can't. But, of course, I also love Phil Mickelson. He's one of my favorites as well. And both of them are going to go way low-owned and way underappreciated. I, I, I oh, think yeah. if you go – one of those two guys, you can't go wrong with this group. I agree with you on Furyk. You know, he's he's old. You're just too old. <laughs> You're like we got to keep saying that, um, you know. But I mean, his scoring per eighteen has been ridiculous, almost elite numbers at three eight six. Like that—that's insane for a guy like Jim Furyk. You know, especially at seventy two hundred. If he can keep that up one more week, he knows the Masters is two weeks away. He's gonna take next week off. I, I what? What else does Furyk have to play for? What? I mean, yeah. Let's be realistic. I, like, play for this week. Play for the purse. You know, and then play the masters take the rest of the year off play when you want to play i mean he, he's earned that correct yeah i know i'm with you on that one altogether i just don't think yeah there's not enough at stake for him here it's just take yourself up for the Masters and move on with it the only other thing i'll say about phil after looking at some of the course pictures is a lot of the, there's a couple of the fairways got like walls and, and stone stuff on on lining the left hand side of the fairways uh, and I, I remember i can't remember who it was that got who got hurt? There was somebody got hurt on this course a couple of years ago trying to hit a shot. 
just because they were so close to the wall. And I think Phil being a lefty may benefit him a little bit more uh, from some of these setup shots coming to the green. Um, so that's, that may edge out a little bit more for Phil to be a little higher on my model. I don't think it makes or breaks anything, uh, but it's just something to note as far as course design here that left-handed hitters may actually have a little bit of an advantage on some of these on some of these holes. Yeah. All right. So let's uh, let's that's I'm I'm trying to think who got hurt. And I remember. I just can't remember who it was. That, uh, uh, was it Burger? Dan Burger? You might be right. If only there was a device. I know. If only there was a Google machine. <laughs> you got it? Uh, I don't have it. I'll get back to you. <laughs> All right. We'll move on. We'll move on. It, it, it's in the past. It doesn't matter. We're going to go to group 13. Tiger Woods, 9,200. Cantlay at 8,400. Sneds at 7,800. And Aaron Wise at 6,000. I am not going to have anything of Aaron Wise. There will be opportunity to roster Aaron Wise. I just don't think this is it. You stay with those top two guys. You stay with Woods or you stay with Cantlay. I love Woods. Even with the chalk, even with the name. I want to be on Woods when he wins. This is an opportunity for him to win. And plus, it's not the traditional Tiger tournament format he ranks 11th overall in my fantasy national model fourth overall in approach 10th and birdies are better gained fifth in bogey avoidance in the last 24 rounds i like tiger here to pull out of this group yeah i'm with you i, I got tiger and nobody else here i can see can't lay but i'm gonna be heavy on tiger at least coming out of this group you know my favorite thing about tiger in this group though is his match play record 33 and 10 the guy's insanely good and he's coming off his match play with Phil. You know, part of me wants to think that Tiger's that uber-competitive guy that's just like, man, I just got my ass whooped on pay-per-view by Phil. I got to come out and show something, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. He, he, if anything, he wants to just get to that match. What happens there? You know, whatever. But I think he comes out motivated to win this. All right, we're going to move on to Group 14. Group 14 includes Tony Finau at 9,000, Poulter at 7,700, Kevin Kisner at 7,000, and Keith Mitchell at 6,400. Zach, who you got? Killer Keith. Uh, I, I like him. He's in good form. Uh, I know it's you know his first match play appearance here, uh, but he's shown time and time again this year that he's not intimidated by some of the pressure uh, that's put on him from the PGA Tour. I don't think this is a particularly strong group, given you know Coulter's got a great match play record here, and, and I wouldn't fault anybody for taking him. Uh, but I just don't think his form has been the greatest. Uh, if he was in his prime form that we've seen him in the past, sure. Uh, but right now I've got Mitchell is rated pretty evenly with all four of these guys. Uh, so I'm going to take the salary savings in this group because even if one of these guys says when I don't have him going very far, uh, I'll take the win here and the extra couple DK points and hope Mitchell pulls this one off. Uh, what are you looking at for? Uh, you, you got any bit of Kevin Kisner? Yeah, I like Kiz and I like Mitchell and I like Poulter and I like Finau. I mean, these are all guys that we know to be either in great form or golfers who are consistent and have the ability to win. It's just no one really stands out for me in this group with the lone exception of the fact that Poulter has that match play pedigree. Um, he's 27-15-0. and 0. When you look at Finau, he's 2-1. and one. And Kiz is 8-4-1. and one. And Mitchell, obviously, he made, he's making his debut appearance. Um but it's one of those groups that just because you don't know who's going to win, that I kind of want to fade. And plus, you got names that are very popular with Finau, Poulter, Kisner, Mitchell. You know, these are guys that are often highly owned, and it might be a way to gain leverage. I guarantee you these four golfers combined as an aggregate are the highest projected ownership. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I don't know. This group just... It took a lot for me to pick one guy out of here, and I can see the reason to fade the whole group entirely and just go elsewhere. Uh, but you pick this one right, and I, I think you're gonna you set yourself apart from from the group a lot. Hard to do one out of four, twenty five percent chance there. All right, moving on. To, <laughs> moving on to group fifteen. Bubba Watson, last year's champ, eighty nine hundred. Jordan Spieth at eighty seven hundred. Billy Horschel at seventy three hundred, and Kevin Na at sixty three hundred. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm going do Jordan it. Spieth. Oh, I knew you were going to say it, and I don't like it. I know you don't <laughs> like it, but I got to go my boy Jordan Spieth. You know what? 
he tweeted out in some interview or something like that. I don't know what the hell was going on, but his putter is coming into form. And I haven't heard Jordan Speed say anything positive about his game in over a year. And I love hearing that. And I want to be on Spieth when no one's on him. Everyone's going to go to Bubba. He was last year's champ. Why do I want to go that route? You don't. You want to go to Billy Horschel. I don't want to go to Billy O. <laughs> I don't want to go there. You got to. His putter's on fire. Speaking of Spieth's putter, I mean, look at look at old Billy O. Seven strokes gained at the players. Uh, nine strokes gained putting at the Honda. Guy's on fire with his putter. Sure, he's off the tees. It's questionable. His approach game is looking pretty good. Uh, what is what is? I don't even know what his price is, but I want him. I want all the Billy Ho. Seventy three hundred. Seventy three hundred, man. <laughs> Seventy three hundred. Come on. What do you? You don't want to jump on the speed train here? No, Billy Ho on sure. No thanks. I get I get Horschel here. Twenty fifth in my model and fantasy national over the last twenty four rounds. I you know I I get it. But Spieth in the last 24 rounds is 19th in my model. And he's going to be so low owned. And we know the pedigree that Jordan Spieth is as a golfer. Every problem he has is in his head. And if you're going to tell me that Jordan Spieth's not working with some sports psychologist and doing everything he can to fix his game, you're crazy. Jordan Spieth is going to be an elite golfer again. He's going to be a $10,000 DraftKings golfer again. Why not roster him at 8700 especially in this unique of a situation? Look, over the last 24 rounds, 14th in putting, 28th in bogey avoidance, 13th in scrambling. And did you watch the players? He had a bad break. That ball hit a foot, went into like some deep, dark, endless, dark, <laughs> damp hole of a bush and just ruined his round. He would have made the cut. I like Spieth. I love Spieth here. I can't get behind it. You know when the last time he top 10 was in any event? Sub 6%. Sub 6% ownership projection. Come on. The la- the last time he was top 10 wasn't even This in isn't a States. tournament. It's not a tournament. <laughs> it's a match play. Come on. Yeah, but if you can't beat 54 in a tournament or make the cut, how are you going to beat the, what do we got, the top 57 ranked player? Look, this, is, this, isn't, this isn't Amen Corner. This isn't hitting a par three, chunking a par three tee shot, and then ending up in the drink two or three, four times. This is match play. Jordan Speed's going to come out of this group. We are going to have another freaking side bet. <laughs> nope, it's Billy Ho. He'll be five and four after this. You, after group 15, Speed will be 11 and six, and we'll, we'll call it a day. You take all the Billy. Kevin Nava will withdraw, and Bubba will just be Bubba. You take all the Billy Horschel you want. <laughs> all right. Moving on to group 16. Your boy, Patrick Reed, at 8,600. Sergio Garcia at 8,500. Lowry, Shane Lowry, at 7,300. Putnam at 6,100. Who you got? Is it Reed? You got Reed this time? The only Lowry I ever get is Mike Lowry from Bad Boys. Shane Lowry's not making my roster. Putnam, no thanks. First match play. I I just don't like it here. I'm all in Sergio Garcia. I I can't get on Reed. I won't get on Reed. Uh, his stupid irons really pissed me off last week. Uh, I saw the red flag when the, when it came out, and I got fooled by his moderately good finish uh, before he missed the cut last week. And I was, oh, he's, he's good with his irons. He's got it all figured out. No, he, he's nope. He's going to struggle here. Another second shot course that you need approach. He's obviously not dialed in uh, with his irons yet. I'm on Sergio Garcia. He's got a great match play record here. He's at least got the history uh, of playing in a lot of match plays as opposed to these other guys. Oliver Garcia and nobody else. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, Patrick Reed, new irons, trying to dial him in and, and just right now doesn't have it. You might want to consider that for the next uh, two weeks when we roster the Masters. But um, it is something to consider. Sergio Garcia always pisses me off. I'm not a fan <laughs> of Serge, um, but I will roster him. I, I, you've got to have pieces of Serge. But you know where I'm going to go in this group if I'm going anywhere is Putnam. And the only reason is because overall he's 20th in greens and regulation percentage overall and 30th in birdie or better on the PGA, you know, 37th in bogey avoidance. So he's someone that has some interest in that main model I have created. He's 22nd overall, only three qualified stats though, which is kind of concerning, 
But if I have to pick someone as a salary saver, Putnam's the guy. I would love for him to get through to the Sweet 16. So other than that, I, I don't plan on rostering anybody from this group. But if I have to, gun to the head, we're going Putnam. It's got to um, be Sergio. Telling you, it's got to be Sergio. Don't do it. Just take him. 8,500. I'm not going to roster Sergio either. Like I, like I said, I'm probably not going to roster anyone from this group. But I get the Sergio play. It makes sense. You know, it, it does. Sergio Garcia, though, match play record only 22, 18, and 1. It, it's not like he dominates match play. You know, but look who he's look who he's facing in this round. You, you can't you can't tell me that Reed or Lowry are really going to challenge him here. Putnam maybe, but he's got no experience. You do realize Captain America has one badass shield, right? <laughs> I mean, better than the Irons he's using currently. Uh, I guess so. All right, so those are all sixteen groups at the Dell Technology Tournament. We're going to move forward though to the Sweet Sixteen, and we're going to predict predict our championship round and our runner-up round we're going to start with the consolation bracket zach you want to go so out of the final four you know i've got sergio and rory and webb simpson and bryson dechambeau and i've got uh sergio and simpson going to the championship round and mcelroy and dechambeau hitting third place and out of those two i got rory taking third uh, i think you know, it's a lot of chalk there, uh, but I got a lot of chalk losing in the final, and I think that's what will end up setting apart, hopefully, the winning GPP lineups for me uh, and getting Sergio through all the way to the championship and edging out Webb Simpson. Uh, I don't think either of those two will be highly owned, and I don't think a lot of people will be on Sergio and Webb. So if it does pan out, and I think the pathway for them to get there uh, on Sergio and Simpson's side is definitely feasible based on some of the, the guys and groups that are playing that I think don't have it right now on their form uh, so that's where i end up with sergio for champion simpson in second and then rory coming in third uh love to hear your your opinion here because i think yours is going to be drastically different oh incredibly different well first of all my favorite thing that's going to happen in this tournament is mickelson's going to beat Beauregard. tiger is going to beat McElroy, and we're going to see our phil tiger rematch in the match play and tiger is going to win and there he's going to run into the rcb train who's going to train him into the consolation match and rcb will go into the champions bracket against paul casey who's got no one against him now i do have spieth going through and facing casey but then casey will own him because jordan spieth will be jordan spieth tiger woods will go up against russell knox in the third place match and tiger will win that one and of course our champion will be rcb that's what i'm going with that man from spain I love the match play. I, I can't say that enough. I love the match play. So, looking forward. Zach, great pod, man. Any last thoughts? This is a great... I, I love it. The more we talk about it, the more I look into it. The, this match play setup is, is great. Um, I didn't really get to watch a lot of it on, on television last year, so I'm hoping to see... You know, I've heard bad things about it, and it was like terrible coverage, and, and I'm hoping that it, it looks a lot better this year because... I'm all in this year, and I, re- I really love it, and I look forward to seeing how this bracket plays out. Uh, I'm saving this one that we used uh, to walk this one through as opposed to all my other ones, and when Sergio raises the flag on the final one and, and takes it home, we're going to have another side bet. Here we go. We we have to take care of this, by the way, off, off the pod. But All right, Absolutely. that is the cut line for this week. Uh, tune in next week. I don't even know what tournament's next week. Oh, the uh, the the Valero, right? Yeah, yeah, should be. Next week we're going to analyze, analyze the Valero Texas Open. So we'll be tackling that. No one will be there because the Masters comes the week after. But we'll still have fun. We'll still analyze it and break it down for you. Thanks for listening. Remember to uh, check out Fantasy National when you get a chance. Um, I'm Mike Cavalunas, your host. Zach Manafort, my co-host. Good luck uh, this weekend, and hope you're rolling in the green on Sunday. See ya.